Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. A couple of weeks ago when I was with you, I ministered on the most honorable pursuit. Do you remember that? That the most honorable pursuit of any believer, in fact, of any human being, is the pursuit for the knowledge of God and the understanding of the fear of the Lord. That is the most honorable pursuit, to know God intimately and to love Him passionately. Amen? Amen. So today, I'm going to take you on a little journey in order to find the knowledge of God. How do we find, where do we find this knowledge that is so precious, that is so indispensable for us to have? How do we get to that place where we know God so intimately? And the more you know the Lord, you cannot help but love Him more. So the title of my message this morning is The Path to Knowledge and Understanding. As I was seeking the Lord and asking the Holy Spirit to guide me and show me, um, Lord, help me, where would we look? How do we get to that place where the level or the dimension of knowledge that we have of you reaches another level to a place that we have not been before? And the Spirit of the Lord led me to Proverbs chapter 2, the first six verses. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 through 6, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Here, the wisdom of God is speaking to sons and daughters, and He says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word, and may, Father, we pray for that spirit of wisdom and revelation this morning. We pray that by Your Spirit You would awaken and open ears and eyes of the Spirit that we may see things and understand things we have not understood before. We pray today, Father, that you will take us into places in our knowledge of you that we have not been to before, so that we may gain the fear of the Lord, that we may gain a deeper level of knowing you, of understanding your ways and the ways of your kingdom. So today, we're going to take a little journey. This is a teaching. It's not a preaching. Uh, a journey of discovery through the Word of God. Psalms 119, verse 130, is an illuminating scripture that tells us a lot. And I've learned this verse by heart many years ago and meditated on it now and again, on and off. It says, The entrance of your words gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. So if you want light, light represents knowledge. And if you want understanding, where should we go? To the Word of God. But notice it says the entrance of your words. The entrance of your words into our lives, into our mind, into our spirit brings light, revelation, understanding, and knowledge. Amen? So the Word will guide us, as we've just read, how to reach our destination. 
And our destination is none other than to find the knowledge of God and to gain a greater understanding of His ways. I heard Pastor Michael last week spoke about, he said that this year or this season, we believe in God for growth, spiritual growth and development. You heard that? And he also talked about steps. You remember that too? What is your next step? Where should you go? How would you get there? Well, the Word of God here this morning gives us several steps. Amen. Amen. So the first word I want you to notice in the verses of Scripture that we read is the word if. If. In six verses, the word if is found three times. If we are willing. To do the things the Word has specified, then only we will find what we're looking for. That tells me that the promise of finding the knowledge of God and understanding the fear of the Lord is dependent upon us doing certain things. Would you say amen to that? If we don't do them, we don't get to our destination. If we don't apply ourselves to take these steps of obedience that the Word has specified, we're not going to get there. We will go around and round and round in circles and never arrive at our destination. So the promise of finding the knowledge of God, the promise of understanding the fear of the Lord, is dependent upon us actively engaging with the Word of God. Amen? Now, putting these steps into practice, which the wisdom of God has described, will get us there. The first step is if you receive my words. Remember, God is speaking to us, saying, if you receive my words. Now, the word receive means to retain, to come into possession, to acquire or to take hold of. That's what the word receive means. Receiving, it is such an important word in the vocabulary of faith. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, Whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Believe that you receive them first, and then you shall have them. You receive them where? Where do you receive them? You receive them first in your spirit man, and then you have them in the natural. You receive them in your spirit, and after a season, they manifest in the natural. So your spirit man is the receiver. Paul said, For with the heart man believes and receives, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So your spirit man is your spiritual womb that receives the Word of God. Not your head, your spirit man. Very important for us to understand that. So, when God says, receive my words, He means to take hold of them and conceive them in your spirit and not just mentally agree with it. Many of us confuse agreement or mental assent to receiving. No, it's much deeper than that. It's very important for us to understand that. For example, when the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, visited Mary and brought her the gospel that she would bring forth the Savior of the world, she responded to the angel by saying, 
be it unto me according to your word. The moment she said, be it unto me according to your word, she received those words, the good news, and conceived them in her womb. And what did she conceive? What the angel spoke. What did he speak? He spoke words. God uses his word for whatever he does. The Bible says he sent his word and did what? And healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. She conceived those words and brought forth the Savior of the world. Praise God. So, this is so important for us to really understand. Peter calls the Word of God the incorruptible seed which lives and abides forever. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, he says, You were born again, how? Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God which lives and abides forever. When we receive the good news, the Word of God, the seed of God's Word, we were born again. So, when the incorruptible seed of the Word is received in our spirit, conception takes place. Of those things which you receive, of the words that were spoken to you, of the promises that were spoken to you, and in due time, that which was conceived in our spirit manifests in the natural. And we are able to see it, we are able to feel it, we are able to touch it, we are able to smell it. This is how God works, always. He works from the inside towards the outside. Not from the outside to the inside. And whatever God does, he does it first inside, in your spirit, man, in your soul, and in due time, people are able to see it manifests in the natural. If there's no work done on the inside, there will be no manifestation on the outside. And if you receive something on the outside without first conceiving it or receiving it in your spirit, it won't stay, it won't last. You will lose it. Amen? You're still with me. So as you can see, the word receive is more than just hearing the word, mentally accepting it and agreeing with it. It's much more than that. Amen? Very important to receive the words of God. My son, if you receive my words, if you conceive my words, that's what God says. There's another side to the coin. To receive God's words also means that you reject all other words and thoughts that contradict or do not agree with the spoken or the written word of God. You see, that's how the devil steals the word from us. That's how he stole the word from Eve. Eve did not receive the word which was communicated to her. How do I know that? Because she started listening to other thoughts and other words. When the serpent questioned the word of God, she believed him. You see, if you receive the word of God, you will not even consider, ponder, or think about any other word that contradicts the word of the Lord. Period. Otherwise, you become double-minded. The Word says, by His stripes, I'm healed. I have a choice. To believe what I see and receive what I see, or to believe and receive what the written Word of God says. I have received the incorruptible seed of God's Word that says I'm healed in my spirit. Amen? Well, when conception takes place of a human being, for example, it does not manifest until nine months later. 
You see, the reason why God tells us to persevere, and it is through faith and patience and perseverance that we receive the promises of God, is because seeds don't grow overnight. I have to protect that word, cover it, water it with my faith, and not allow any other word to contradict that which God has spoken, including the doctor's words. Hello? I'm not against doctors. They help us. Praise God for them. But their knowledge is limited. God's Word is unlimited. Amen. Amen. So you see me now, I'm in a battle of faith. The Scripture says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Lay hold of the promise. Don't let it go. How can we let it go when you start listening to other voices? Amen. Voices that do not agree or contradict the Word of God. The Word of God says that the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal, but mighty through God. To do what? Pulling down stronghold, casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We have those spiritual weapons that are able to pull down those thoughts, those imaginations that do not agree or contradict the Word of God. God wants us to be so steadfast and so fully persuaded that His Word is truth, that His Word always works regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the symptoms, regardless of what we see, regardless of what we feel. I believe. What do you believe? The Word of the living God. Because God's Word is final authority or should be final authority in our lives. That's how we're going to see the mighty works of God. Not by wavering. Not by doubting. Let's move on. It says, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you. Treasure means to hold and esteem as highly valuable. That's what a treasure is, isn't it? What do you consider as your treasure? I don't know, some folks consider treasure as possessions, um, wealth. But here, the Word of the Lord counsels us to treasure and hold and esteem highly the Word or the commands or the instructions of the Lord. Commands can also be translated as instructions. Treasure them. Hold esteem, highly valuable. We are to highly value and treasure the Word of God or the instructions of the Lord to the extent, now listen carefully, where we tremble at His words. Tremble means Highly reverence, respect. When God speaks, we ought to tremble at His words. Isaiah 66 verse 2 says, from the ESV translation, But this is the one to whom I will look. What is God looking for? Listen. He who is humble and contrite in spirit, and trembles at my word. Trembles. We often hear talk such as, well, you know, brother, God has been dealing with me or speaking to me about certain things for days, and yet I have not done anything about it. What does that tell you of that person? If someone says to you, Pastor, God has been dealing with me about this issue, but... I haven't been able to do anything about it. I kept putting it off. I kept putting it off. What does that mean? That just shows me there's no reverence or respect towards God's instructions from that person. If there was, 
what would have happened? Instantly obey, promptly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, Lord. That's the person who is humble, who is contrite, and one who highly reverence and trembles at God's words because he recognizes who is the one who is speaking. The creator of the universe, almighty God, your Father in heaven, is not just another human being. Amen? Oh, it's too quiet in here this morning. Please give me some encouragement. Here's another thought to consider. The instructions of God, according to Scripture, are not far from us. They are within us. Well, it says, treasure my commands. Where? 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 Within you. Within you. Look at this verse of Scripture here in Jeremiah 31, 33. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. He's speaking of what covenant? The new covenant. I will put my law, singular, not laws, law, L-A-W. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. What law is he talking about? There's only one law in the new covenant. Do you know what the law is? It is the law of love. The law of love is the fulfillment of every other law. Paul says in Romans, if you love someone, you're not going to steal from him. You're not going to lie to him. Amen? Love is the fulfilling of the law. So he put that law of love. The Word of God says that when the Holy Spirit came into our heart, he brought with him what? He brought and he shed abroad in our hearts the love of God. You know that the love of God is within you. And that law of love will guide you, will guide me. That law of love will show you this is right, this is wrong. Don't do this, do this. That's why it says, treasure, treasure my command, my law, which I have placed within you. Honor it. Highly value the law of love and walk in love as dear children. We don't have to keep 10, 12, 15, 20 commandments. Just keep that one commandment. Love one another as I have loved you, Jesus said. Amen? Love forgives. Love bears long. Love is kind. Love is gentle. Amen? Here's another verse that confirms that. Psalm 40, verse 8. The psalmist said, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. You know, you know what God wants you to do. You should know. Amen? We ought to know the will of God because His law is within us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I don't have to go up to heaven to bring His word down or go down to hell and bring His word up. That's what Paul says to the Romans. We don't have to ascend, he says, to heaven to bring it down or descend into hell to bring it up. But... His law, His word is within our mouth and within our hearts. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. The word is near you. Well, God is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So God is near us. Where is He? In my mouth and in my heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Some people hear the word of faith and they go all... Funny. Oh, is that faith preacher? Well, Paul calls the word the word of faith. The word of God, he says, is the word of faith which we preach. Amen. Amen. Let's go on. 
Well, let me give you one more verse just to prove that. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know how many things? Huh? You know all things. Your spirit man knows far more than your head does. The problem is getting it from here to here. That is the longest journey a man will ever take. It is to get what is here, up here. That's why the Bible calls that revelation knowledge. And Paul prays and he says, Lord, I pray that you will flood the eyes of understanding with light. Eyes of my understanding, eyes of my mind need to be enlightened so that what I know in my spirit comes into my head and my understanding so that I can use it. Amen? So you know. Don't say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Of course you know what to do. You just need to get it from here to here. And one of the fastest ways or the most efficient ways to get it is to pray in the Spirit, pray in other tongues. For if you pray in other tongues, pray also that you may what? Interpret. Amen. Let's go on. If you incline your ear to wisdom... Is that word if again? The word incline means to bend or lean towards. Again, if we are to incline our ear to God's wisdom, it also means that we are to do what? Shut out all other wisdom that does not come from God. This, of course, refers to ungodly wisdom. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. You can't have one ear listening to God and another ear listening to worldly wisdom or ungodly wisdom. You will be so confused. And James says you become double-minded, and a double-minded man cannot receive anything from the Lord. Amen? So... It says, if you're going to incline your ear to wisdom, you've got to shut out all other wisdom that does not agree with God's wisdom. Amen. Notice also, this is so important. It does not say ears, but it says ear, singular. If you incline your ear, ear, one, ear, singular, what ear are we to incline or bend towards wisdom? For all those, and to all those of us who are born of the Spirit, we have an inward ear. Did you know that? The ear of the Spirit which listens, it is the ear that perceives, it is the ear that discerns, the language of the Spirit. That's the ear that the Scripture is speaking about. Not these ears. Everybody has these ears. Very few people have the inward ear awakened to hear. I'll prove it to you. Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 and 5. The prophet here speaks to God and he says, He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear, singular, to hear as the learned. Another translation says to hear as one who is being taught. You see, it takes a teachable spirit to have that ear awakened. If you're not teachable, you're not going to learn anything. But the Lord is the one who quickens our inward ear and opens it up 
And what happens when he does? We're no longer rebellious. We no longer run from him, but we run to him. This became such a revelation to me many years ago when the Lord in one morning just suddenly helped me to hear, discern, and understand what he was communicating to me through my father-in-law. Because I fought him for months. I rebelled against him for months until that morning where the Lord quickened my inward ear and I discerned and I understood what he was trying to do. And I submitted and obeyed. Heaven opened over our lives. Heaven. Heaven. And the blessing started falling one after the other. You know, many, many of us are not receiving because you are not hearing. I want to emphasize that. There's an area in your life that you could be rebelling because you don't understand what God is trying to do or teach you. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you I've seen such a difference since that day. Here it is. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. Neither did I turn away. I didn't fight. I didn't resist him anymore because I recognized it wasn't my father-in-law. It was God speaking and doing something to me. And I submitted and I obeyed. And the moment I did, heaven opened and the blessings fell. Please pray every day and ask the Lord to quicken and awaken your ear. Make this your prayer. Every morning when you wake up, you say, Lord, thank you that morning by morning you waken my ear to hear as one who is being taught Thank you, Father, that you have opened that inward ear within me and I am no longer rebellious toward you or toward my wife, toward my husband, toward my pastor. I'm listening. When the Lord Jesus gave John the revelation on the Isle of Patmos, he said to John several times, You read it for yourself. Writing to the seven churches in Asia. Revelation chapter 2, verse 29. Jesus said, He who has a what? An ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Notice again the word singular. It's not plural. May the Lord in his abundant mercy awaken the ear of our spirit so that we may hear what the Spirit is saying to us in this present hour. Hallelujah. Father, help us, Lord. Help us, help us, help us awaken that inward ear that discerns, that listens, that obeys, so that we may not grieve you anymore, that we may submit and obey and walk in your ways. Here's another step. Apply your heart to understanding. What does this mean? How do I apply my heart to understand? Well, apparently one needs to apply the heart in order to really understand. And when I meditated and pondered on this, I understood that in order for us to apply our heart to understand, We cannot assume that we know everything. You see, if you you think you know, why would you apply your heart to understand? You won't even listen. Some people don't listen when you talk to them. They always want to talk. They always want to put across their point, their view. And they never listen. Why? Because they are not teachable. Amen? Because they assume they know. Only the proud do that. So let us not be proud. Let us not be arrogant, assuming that we know. 
And one of the one of the traps that we easily fall into is to judge a person or to judge a situation by its appearance or the circumstances that they find themselves in without really understanding the real issues that caused this person to react in a certain way or even your own circumstance or your own situation. You may assume that you know what's going on, but there are deeper things that cannot be seen with a natural eye. There are deeper things than your natural mind can, can perceive. That is why we need to always apply our heart to understand and say, Lord, help me to understand what really goes on here. What is it going on here? What's going on? You know, with, with, with my physical uh, situation with the eye. I went to the Lord the other day and I said, Lord, I know you're not missing it. I must be missing it somewhere. Why is it taking so long? Why am I continually struggling with this issue? What am I doing? I am applying my heart to understand. Help me to understand what goes on. Because if I understand what goes on, I can bear it. I can endure it. And the Spirit spoke, and he said, Son, sometimes the devil fights harder, and he fights longer. Hence the need for you to persevere, to patiently wait on God. For you, he said, have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Now, he helped me understand my situation. How? By giving me Scripture. By helping me to understand. He says there's the spiritual warfare going on. It's more than just a physical ailment. The devil is trying to hinder you. He's trying to put roadblocks in your way. He's trying to steal your eyes, your sight. What are you going to do about it? Whom resists steadfast in the faith. Why? Because the devil, like a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in your faith. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed and the devil is trying to devour and steal what God has blessed me with. So I must rise up and fight the good fight of faith. We visited the neurologist with Stephen. Thank God Stephen came with me. He says, Dad, I want to come with you. I want to listen. There are some questions I want to ask. Um, and when I heard the report, uh, to be honest with you, emotionally, I, I, just, I, just, I just stumbled. I said, I'm going to throw away all this medication. And I'm going to throw myself on the Lord. And Stephen said, Dad, hold on a moment. You fought many battles in your life. This is just another battle. It's a journey. It's a process. Shape up. Don't get emotional. And he encouraged me. Thank God. We need that encouragement, all of us, from time to time, because we're we human beings. We're flesh and blood. We fail. We, we stumble. We get discouraged, especially after a, a negative report. It's a battle. It's one of those battles, and I know that I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's not just a physical or neurological or autoimmune disease. Call it whatever you will. It comes from the pit of hell. And I must master all the faith that I have so that I can overcome it. And I'm asking you to stand in agreement with me, to pray with me, because Paul, very often he writes and he says, through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit, I know that I will be victorious. But he counts on the prayers of the saints. So if you haven't never prayed for me before, this is a good time to start. Amen? Amen. And pray much in the Spirit. Praise God. So, we need to apply our heart to understand, and it requires, what? Humility. I don't know everything. I may think I know. I look at the person, 
And I'm, you know, that's the trap we fall. We judge him. We judge the person by its appearance, by the circumstances they are in, without really understanding behind the scenes what goes on. What made this person react in this way? What made this person uh, find themselves in, in such a situation? We don't know. But when you know and you understand, you will learn to respect the circumstances that this person in. Because if you were in the same circumstances, you will probably act worse. That's why the Bible says, judge not, lest you be judged. Amen. We must stop this horrible, horrible sin, judging, being prejudiced against color, against race, against looks. Apply our hearts to understand. Furthermore, it says, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding... Now, when I read this, this verse of Scripture, the Spirit of God said to me, picture a person in your mind who cries out for something and he lifts up his voice to the top of his voice asking for it. What do you see? You know what I saw? <laughs> I saw a person who has reached a place of desperation desperation. This person has become so desperate, and he, he, because he's desperate, he cries out. He, he doesn't just, Lord! He cries out, Lord! Give me discernment. And he lifts up his voice because he's desperate. He's like a man who's drowning and is gasping for breath. Yeah. Psalms 34, verse 6 says, This poor man, what did he do? This poor man didn't just pray. He didn't just whisper. The Bible says this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. You know, the Lord heard him not because he was poor. You know that? The Lord heard him because he was desperate. And in his desperation, he cried out. I think many of our prayers so often go unanswered because we are not desperate enough. That means, or in other words, we are content and satisfied to live without what God promised us. I can do without. We're too comfortable. Well, if God wants to bless me, let him go ahead and bless me. I mean, he knows where I am. He knows my situation. God knows everything. Oh, it's not the will of God for me to do that or to receive that. Think about that for a while. We are content to live without the fullness of God's blessing. I have a pastor friend in the United States who always signs his name at the bottom of his emails and he says, the kingdom of God is for the desperate and the secret is to stay in the place of desperation. After meditating on this, I understand his line of thinking. May God bring us to a place of desperation, folks. Unless we reach that place, we're not going to see any real change. That's, right. That's why people don't change, because they contend to live the way they are. They contend to live in misery. They contend to live in poverty. They contend to live in whatever circumstances they find themselves in. They haven't got the backbone to stand up and cry out to God and become desperate because Jesus paid with his own precious blood for every blessing that God promised us it was paid and sealed for in the precious blood of Jesus. Jesus suffered, he bled, he died, so that you and I may have life and have it in abundance. He did his part. Can we become desperate enough and say, Lord, I'm not content to live without the fullness of your spirit, without the fullness of your blessing. 
I'm sick and tired of this situation. I'm sick and tired of this condition. And I'm not willing to live in it anymore. Whatever that situation might be that you've been struggling on for months and months and months and even years. Amen. When you become desperate, watch God go to work for you. Amen. Have we reached in our search for knowledge the place of being desperate? That's the question that only you can answer. Here is the last one. If you seek her as silver, seek what? Knowledge. And search for her for hidden treasures, as for hidden treasures. The writer of Proverbs calls the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God as a hidden treasure. And he said, if you seek her as you would seek silver and search for her as a hidden treasure. Now, this is where the assistance and the help of the Holy Spirit becomes absolutely necessary and indispensable. Why? Because he knows, he knows where the treasure is. There is a, 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 an orthodox prayer that we used to pray in the Orthodox Church, calling the Holy Spirit, O Thisavros Tonagathon. He is the treasurer of all good things. <laughs> the treasurer. Amen? Amen? I always make it a point to have a good relationship with the treasurer of the church. Amen. Amen. And our treasurer in the United States. Remember, 5th of February. Don't miss that Sunday, please. Write it down in your diary. 5th of February. The president and treasurer of the Ministries International will be visiting us from the United States. I want you guys to meet them and welcome them. Where are we now? <laughs> the, he alone knows where these hidden treasures are and he alone can lead us to where to seek and where to search for them. You know, this gold, uh, the gold and mining industries that they mine gold and diamonds, you know, before they start digging in a certain place, what do they do? They call the, what they call, uh, Pierre, you are a geologist, aren't you? They call those experts with the machine, huh? And they search the area and they locate where the treasure is. And then they call this, you dig here. Well, the Holy Spirit knows where the treasure is. And a good relationship with him is vitally important. We must develop an intimate relationship with the treasurer of all good things, who is none other than the Holy Spirit, and He will guide us where to look in the Word, where to search, and where to find that hidden treasure, which is the knowledge of God and the fear of the Lord. Amen. They don't just dig any, everywhere and anywhere. They know where the diamonds are. They know where the gold is. I am reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, which says that the Holy Spirit searches, notice the word searching, searches all things, even the deep things of God. Who knows what is in the heart of God except the Spirit of God? But the Bible says, here's the good news. We have not received the Spirit of this world, but we have received what? Whom? The Spirit who is from God, for what purpose? That we may know, know, know what? The things that are freely given to us from God. We know. Why? Because we have the treasurer within us. The one who is all knowledgeable, all wise. That's why he's called the paraclete, the one whom you call for help. 
call often upon him. You know, some of us don't even acknowledge his presence. We ignore him. Thank him for his ministry in your life. Acknowledge his presence. Get up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, good morning. Thank you for giving me a good night's rest last night. Help me this morning, Lord. I don't know what to pray for as I ought. But the Spirit himself helps. Please avail yourself of this wonderful helper. You know, I I get up most mornings. I don't feel like praying. I don't know what to pray. And I hate being repetitive. So I just sit there quietly and I say, Holy Spirit, I, I know I need to pray, but I don't know what to pray for as I ought. Please help me. And I start. I open my mouth by faith. And I speak the utterance he gives me. And you know, before long, there's a bubble. I I, I sense a bubbling arising out of me. And there where I wasn't even feeling like praying, all of a sudden there's a bubbling and a strength and a rejuvenation and a renewal of my energy and strength. And I'm ready to jump on my treadmill and pray in the Spirit. And I can go on for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes. And then all of a sudden, I hit a gusher. And my mind becomes illuminated. Where do you think I get these messages from? I don't read a book and I, I, I try to repeat what I read in a book. And I don't hear a sermon and I try to repeat what that person, I learned from other people. But when I want to receive a now word so that I can feed you with it, I go to my helper because he knows where you are. He understands your situation. And I want to give you a now word that will encourage you, that will help you, that will instruct you or correct you or rebuke you or whatever you need and whatever I need. I don't like preachers who just say, well, they always quote someone else. It's nothing wrong to quote someone else from time to time. But when you always do it, that means, what's wrong with you? Are you not hearing from God? Hello? Tell me what God said to you. I ask any believer, any, if I ask any believer, what did God tell you or what did God show you today? 99% will tell me, I don't know, he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything because you didn't hear. But he's always saying something. Always. Always. We, would, we should always have a revelation. We should always have a testimony on our lips. Not necessarily some great thing that God did for you, but something that God showed you that you didn't know, that is new to you, that is revelation to you, that you saw something in the Scriptures which you haven't seen before. Hello? That takes time, folks. Go to bed early and rise early. Hello? Go to bed early and rise early. I'm going to say it again. Go to bed early, especially if you're tired, and rise early. Even if you have to go to bed at 8 o'clock, but get up 4 o'clock in the morning. From 8 o'clock to 4 o'clock, how many hours is that? Hello? Eight hours. Do you need more than eight hours of sleep? Me, if I have five hours, I'm more than happy. Hello? Well, how bad do you want this knowledge? How bad do you want to understand the fear of the Lord? Because when you have the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God, you don't need anything else. That's all you need. The wisdom of God will attract all other things that you need, and not only the need, but all other things that you desire will be added to you. Amen. 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 Time to close.
Praise God. And this is one of the main reasons I pray in the Spirit, because in doing so, the Spirit helps me to find the treasure of knowledge and understanding. He brings illumination to my mind, and He helps me search the heart of God. What an awesome privilege. And I don't expect you to become an expert in this. I've been doing this for over 40 years. It's a process of learning. Most of you probably can't even pray in the Spirit more than five minutes because you're not exercised in that. But don't give up. Don't give up. Because when you're praying in the Spirit, the Bible says we are uttering divine mysteries. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but unto God. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. The Greek word for mystery is divine secrets. The devil don't know what you're saying. Your mind don't know what you're saying. No man understands because you're not speaking to any man. You're speaking to God directly. Hotline. And then have the faith after you've prayed and exercised, praying in the Spirit for a while. Say, Lord, I'm stepping out in faith. Give me understanding and revelation what I'm praying. Who am I praying for? What am I saying in the Spirit? For 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says, He who prays in the Spirit, let him also pray that for understanding as well. And Paul says, I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding. Notice that he puts praying in the Spirit first and then the understanding second. He said to the Corinthians, I pray in tongues more than you all. That is in his private, private prior language. But in church, he says, I'd rather speak five words with understanding. Why did God baptize you in the Holy Spirit and given you your own private prayer language? Why did he do that? A gift that is not used has no benefit. Amen? Think about this. And one of the reasons that the church has not seen what we should be seeing and doing is because we've relied only on one kind of prayer with understanding. God is much bigger than your head. But your spirit is able to embrace the entire world because your spirit has no measure. Amen. And you and I are primarily spirit beings living in this physical body. But we have this treasure. Where? In earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We have this treasure. What treasure is he talking about? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's stand and pray, please. Let's ask God. You ask God to make you, help you to become desperate. Amen. You want to go on a journey? I'm talking about spiritual journeys. You're not going to get there just by wishing. There is a price that we pay. In time, in resource. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word. Lord, there is nothing more valuable on this universe than the word of the living God. There is nothing more desirable for those who love you than the wisdom of God and the understanding of the Lord. And so here we are this morning. You've given us the steps or the way or the pathway to knowledge and understanding. 
we pray that by your grace and by your mercy, you empower us every single day to take one step at a time, to search, to seek, to ask. Because you say, dear Lord Jesus, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For he who asks receives, and he who seeks will find, and he who knocks you promised, the door of wisdom and knowledge and understanding will be opened. Thank you, Father, that you've given us all that we will ever need for this search in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen and amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.